Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Anonymous, and I will be your host. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. Happy with me. Are you having a good day or evening or whatever it is, wherever you are? Just so grateful. We are sober here again. I heard something one time. I didn't make this up. And it didn't originally apply to alcoholism, I don't think. Because someone told me another story about it later, but I don't remember what that story is. But I heard sometime a couple years ago. This and it moved me a lot. I do not own my sobriety. I rent it, and rent is due every day. I love that, and I subscribe to that belief. Trying to make the world a better place today. Trying to honor my higher power and my sobriety with my behavior. Trying to do better and better at that all the time. Still got a long way to go. But today, I wanted to read something from the book Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's one of my favorite passages, and I've talked about it a little bit, I think, on an episode called The Fellowship You Crave. Maybe I did, or maybe I didn't, I don't remember. But uh, it's one of my favorite passages. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to talk about it. And it is on page 132. And this is what it says. We have, a, we have been speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic things. This is in a chapter called The Family Afterward. In my opinion, a very underrated chapter. I'll start again. We have been speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic things. We have been dealing with alcohol in its worst aspect. But we aren't a glum lot. Glum means depressed. We're not a depressed group of people. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. 
we try not to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations, nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. We try not to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations. Relevant today? Fucking ain't right. Cynicism. You know, that talks about the belief that everyone's out for themselves. Everyone's selfish. Everything is selfish, and that's it. Every motive is selfish. It's just all gross. We try not to indulge in that. Cynicism over the state of the nations. Nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. When we see a man sinking into the mire that is alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal. For his sake, we do recount and almost relive the horrors of our past. But those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them. So we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. That's the sentence I wanted to talk about. Specifically. There's so much good stuff there, but that sentence specifically says a couple times in the book, point blank, that our real purpose now is to be useful and helpful. And they're saying right here, cheerfulness, they think, and laughter make for usefulness. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because somehow, to me, this idea is still not talked about enough. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. Just think about it. I continued coming to Alcoholics Anonymous when I was a teenager. Not because of everyone. There were a lot of people who did not make Alcoholics Anonymous look attractive to me. But there were people who did. There were people who were warm. There were people who did not take themselves so seriously. Definitely there were a lot of people who didn't take themselves as seriously as I did. And I talked about it. Now I remember I did talk about it in that episode. When I was, you know, two and a half years sober or so. I was introduced to a group of people that really, they were cheerful. And it was not fake. I mean, there is a big difference. And people can tell. There's a big difference. There's, I could tell. I think people can tell. I think people can tell the difference between fake, happy, and and peace real joy and from the neck up joy I think it's pretty obvious usually so you know I've gone to meetings where I, you know I remember I went to some meetings early on where I was never coming back because everyone in there was so depressed I just and I wasn't in a place where 
today I I don't mind that. Today I've changed a lot. The steps have changed me now. A meeting like that kind of excites me because it's to me it's just so many opportunities to be of service. I don't look at it the way I used to where I was going to be fed. And now more often than not I'm going to feed. That's where I'm at right now in my life, but early on I go to a meeting like that and yeah. You know, I remember some dreadful ones where people were just not making it look good to me. And for more on this, I mean, you know, I did I do have the whole episode about AA meetings where I talk about all that more, but uh, anyways. But that's such a big deal, you know. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. And um, like I said, I did finally meet some people who are, they made it look good. They made it look really good. And they were having fun. And it was real. And I liked that. And um, so I have noticed something, and I'll share this, you know. I'll share this with you. I, I Nowadays, I'll go to a meeting, and if somebody wants to get serious, I'll go there. But if someone doesn't want to get serious, I will. If somebody doesn't, doesn't want to go north or south, you know, I won't even try. If they want to go east or west, I'll go that way instead. And sometimes what I mean by that is, they don't want to be serious, then we'll go sideways. We'll be funny instead. And uh, I have this really stupid thing in my wallet that I've had in my wallet since I was in my 20s. And uh, it's a picture of a bottle of pride and a bottle of joy. Cleaning products. And I have it in my wallet. And I can't tell you how many times I've said to someone who is clearly not doing very well in a meeting before it starts or after a meeting, hey, do you want to see my pride and joy? And they will clearly not want to, usually, but will politely say, okay, expecting a picture of a child or a woman or a car. And they'll see this picture of pride and joy. And uh, I can't tell you how many times that has made them laugh. I know it's stupid. You don't have to tell me it's stupid. I know it's stupid. Believe me, no one knows it's stupid more than me. I know how fucking stupid it is. But sometimes that kind of thing is actually more smart than trying to take a quote-unquote smart path, if that makes sense. If that makes sense. My aim is to be helpful to someone to stay open, to stay out of self. And, uh, you know, that's the aim all the time. But 
He's talking about in a meeting. I'm talking about in meetings. I'm talking about if newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. It's a very powerful sentence, I think. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. It's something I think about. And the way I think about it is, am I taking myself... Am I wound tight? I know when I'm thinking about myself, I'm wound tight. And that can take all, all kinds of forms, you know? If I'm thinking about what I'm going to share, the fact that I was asked to lead, what... I mean, you know, something that's just about me. Then there's no joy or fun in that. That's why it's called the bondage of self. They don't call it the Ferris wheel of self. Well, that's not that bad. But it's bondage. It's, it's jail. It's not fun. It doesn't feel good. It's painful. So, this stuff I think about. What, what message am I conveying to other people, to newcomers in particular? Um, what, am I, what signals am I sending? There are a lot of people who didn't realize early on that they were what they were transmitting to me was making it harder for me to be there. And it was just simply that they were just consumed with this, they were just down. Continuously. And that was a mental obstacle for me. Here's this guy, he's sober for years and he's still miserable. What the fuck is this problem? Do I want that? Fuck. And I've been that guy. And I don't want to be that guy. I've been that guy. Whenever I'm that guy, I really do what I can to change that. Rapidly. I don't like to be that guy. Because many is a time I've left meeting in early recovery, particularly. And uh, felt worse about life. That's just where I was at. I needed, I didn't, I needed, I needed specific things for a long time. I thought I needed, I thought I needed specific things. Turns out it was all perfect, but you know, I needed some some joy. I needed uh, people who made it look good, as good as it should be. And again, once I found that, it changed everything for me. It really did. And I really didn't truly find that in a major way for... I was in, into my third year. And I really found a large group of people who just changed it all for me. So, I mean, do you think about that? 
do you do you think about that or when you, when you go to meetings are you are you thinking of it depends on where you're at how long you've been sober you know how much you're hurting all that stuff I know by just putting it out there on the radar you know is that something you think about when you go to a meeting are you are you thinking let's say this is who I'm talking to specifically I'm talking to someone who's been sober who's finished their amends, who's at least able and willing to sponsor people, if you're not sponsoring people. Those are the people I'm talking to specifically. When you go to meetings, are you thinking about what you're transmitting? Are you thinking about you? This is the kind of conversation I had to have so much for so long with so many people because I was just consumed with self for a really long time. There was no joy or fun in my existence. I don't really think many, if any, wanted what I had. I was very tightly wound. So serious. Everything's so serious. You don't understand. It's very serious. And I gotta say, it feels really good to be on the other side of that. I don't I don't get stuck there that often. Still do sometimes, but not it's not the norm anymore that I'm in that zone. The norm now is um Let's try and make this meeting awesome. Let's see, you know, what what can I do to contribute? What can I do to cheer someone up, make someone laugh, make somebody feel at ease? And uh, that's the stuff I think about. You know, I, I tell a lot of jokes. I don't claim to be funny, but I tell a lot of jokes. I don't take myself seriously. It's just who cares. The other side of it is do you hang out with people who are having fun? Do you look for people like that? Or do you not even think about that? Is that not even on your radar? You just go and you just paying attention to other stuff. Are you, or, or, or are you thinking about that? Are the people that you hang out with, are they, is there joy? Are they lighthearted? Or are they tightly wound? Does anyone think tightly wound is attractive? No, I didn't think so. And uh, being that I was the very definition of tightly wound for a long time, I can assure you that uh, nobody in my life thought I was attractive. The other thing is, being around funny people is very important to me. The people I associate with, I think, are very funny. Some of them. 
that's a big deal. I have people in my life who really make me laugh. And that makes life so much better. People in my inner circle are funny. They're sick. Sick humor. Funny. I love it. It means a lot to me. But that's the fellowship that I personally crave. Speaking of the fellowship I personally crave, coming up next week, I'm going to be a guest on Sober Gratitudes podcast. You can find out all about it on SoberGratitudes.com. And uh, (laughs) Sarah, hello, if you're listening, has a great sense of humor. And uh, I'm excited to be on her show. So, part of the fellowship I crave. All right, you can write to me, sarcasticbigbook at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. And uh, I am now going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope you'll do the same. Good night.